Megan, are you eating a frozen banana on a stick? No. No, it's a lime popsicle. I've got a frozen banana one time, oh. and I was like, frozen banana, that's going to be good. And it was just fucking terrible. It was just mushy and brown. Why are they fun? No, what are you talking about? Frozen bananas are good. I, maybe mine was just bad. My yeah, I had had freezer burn or something. It was just gross as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely going to alter your banana. It was a bad experience, and I'll, I'll never go back again. I can never love again. How can I trust after that? I'm afraid to voice my food opinions with Melly on the show now. Okay, listen. <laughs> I, I have some very extreme opinions about food. It's true, but uh, they're all correct. So extremely right. I know. Just that's as why long I'm as scared. you're being correct. <laughs> What if I'm not? So so rank them. Foods? Uh, lime popsicle versus... Uh, yeah, rank all of the foods. Go. All of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Top one. Buffalo wings. Um, oh. Lime popsicle versus frozen banana. That's definitely frozen banana. Lime popsicle. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, it's already starting. It's already lime starting. Lime popsicle. Here we go. Team lime this popsicle is... for life. Not not You can't stir your mojito with a fucking banana. That's just gross. It's a great point. Actually, that sounds good. Why why would you not stir a mojito with a frozen banana? That sounds all right. That does sound all right. I mean, maybe not like a mojito, but like, I mean, I've added frozen banana to tiki type cocktails before. Oh, sure. It'd be the perfect stir stick for like a pina colada or something. Yeah, that'd be great. Did you guys see the thing on Twitter where it was a Snickers bar with a pickle inside of it? I'm vomiting. Yeah, I'd eat that 100%. I'm like, I'm down for it. I would try the hell out of it. I don't understand how that is a Snickers bar. Is it just a chocolate covered pickle? It was like the pickle was inside of the Snickers bar. It was like where the caramel would go. No, where the nougat would go. But, you know, the mm-hmm. nougat was still there. It was just kind of, you know, molded around a pickle. Was it a very tiny pickle? It was like a slice of dill pickle. Like a spear, you know, like you cut it into four. No, like a, like one of the Velasic stackers. Yeah, ooh, yeah. What the? Oh, okay. <laughs> so you got like a Thank pickle you. sandwich in there with the, the nuts and the nougat and the, the caramel all wrapped in chocolate. I'd try it. I think I might market it as like a pregnancy snack or something like that. Isn't that one of those things? Oh, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Yesterday I ate, like, cookie butter ice cream and then a bunch of, like, dill pickle chips for, like, a late night snack. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Someone got me a jar of cookie butter one time, and I just could not figure out what to do with it. And I, like, had it on toast one time, (laughs) and I was like, that was okay. And then it just sat there, and we threw it away after, like, a year. (laughs) Aw. Oh, I you can come up with like extremely weird shit to do with it. Um, one of my favorite things is like if you make a, a snickerdoodle cookie, but inject it with like a little ball of frozen cookie butter. Oh my god! So that when it you open it, it like has cookie butter in the middle of it. What is cookie butter? It's a Trader Joe's thing. It's like made out of like speculos cookies, so it's like a graham cracker almost, but. Like it has more of like a pretzely crunch and taste to it, but it's like a peanut buttery consistency. They ground it up and turned it into like a spreadable paste. Weird. You look really skeptical <laughs> about this. Yeah, I, I feel like I would just eat that straight out of the tub. Honestly, you can. It's great. <laughs> it's something that I would like dip a frozen banana in. Also, like. <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome back to the Liquid Flannel Podcast in Arlington, Texas. I am Matthew Hodges, joined as ever by my excellent co-host in Omaha, Nebraska, Brendan Williams. Brendan, hello. Hello. I am so excited this week to be a part of our first Bechdel test passing podcast. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Historic. It's absolutely historic. And to help us achieve that goal, we have... On the line, our senior Chicago correspondent, Megan. Megan, it's so nice to have you back with us. It's been a little while. Good to be here, boys. And a fellow lady now. Rejoining the internet's mom. You know her as Epona West from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Melly. Hi, Melly. Hey, folks. How's it going? I think Megan had this idea uh, a couple of months ago to get both Melly and Megan on the show at the same time and we agreed that that was great yeah i think that's a fantastic yeah, idea just... great call megan thank you thank yep. you it's just taking a little while to put it all together but i'm we're so glad to have you both on the show oh, thank you yeah only a woman could have come up with an idea as amazing as maybe we should have another woman <laughs> i never would have thought of it so i'm so, I'm so thankful that um, you're here and i hope we're talking about more than just joe biden because i think that would mean that we don't pass the bechdel test right yeah, we're going right. to be talking about Jill Biden. So <laughs> okay. you just wait. <laughs> yeah. All right. Does it pass the Bechdel test if two women are talking about Joe Biden? Are talking no. shit on another woman? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something other than a man. That's the only rule. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, in in that case, let's uh elide Joe Biden for now. Everybody knows <laughs> that he's announced for president. It's problematic for everybody who's on the show. Let's not talk about him. Let's talk about, I don't know, Alyssa Milano, for instance, or any Why? of these other <laughs> Wait, celebrities who have come oh. out. <laughs> wow. I met Alyssa Milano at an event last summer, Ooh. and she's exactly as vacuous <laughs> and tiny as you would expect. Damn. Uh, <laughs> I like her on Charmed so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who doesn't love a show about witches? I don't know. Does she have a career after that? Well, uh, apparently political, um, like hot takes machine. And that's why she, so she was on, when I was working for Planned Parenthood in Arizona, um, National decided that they were going to do a bus tour right after um, What's-His-Face stepped down from the Supreme Court because they knew that Trump was going to present an awful nominee or whatever. And so they did the yeah. Rise Up for Row bus tour. They just wanted me to get like 150 people in a room to listen to Alyssa Milano and Lauren Duca talk about... Whoa. And like some other girl who's on Twitter talk about how important it is that we care about the Supreme Court and how it's going to have a major impact on our lives. And the people that I got there were our supporters. Who know? <laughs> so it was very weird. <laughs> Also, what are, what are the implications for that? Like, what can we do about that? Well, the argument, because it was specifically in Arizona, if you have that brain disease called living in Washington, <laughs> D.C., um, <laughs> like, they sort of thought for some insane reason that, like, that Jeff Flake was going to be his position on voting for a Supreme Court nominee was going to be a little bit more flexible than they actually... Wait, did you say Jeff Flake wanted pudding on the Supreme Court? No. I would actually vote for that. (laughs) No, that he would would be a little bit more flexible about his vote uh, for who was going to be on the Supreme Court so that he was going to be persuadable. Mm. Because, like, nobody gives a shit about Phoenix until, like... Like somebody who has no idea what Arizona politics is like thinks that Jeff Flake is going to do something different than he totally is going to do in the first place. Right, right. Yeah. 
There's an amazing episode of This American Life where a reporter follows Jeff Flake around during the Supreme Court nomination. You literally hear audio of him like giving a press conference where he's like, I'm just very concerned. I'm so concerned that I might concern myself over here. I need to go. And then he walks into a car with the reporter and they're like, well, that was crazy, huh? Do you think they realize you're still going to vote for hit to confirm? And he's like, oh, of course I am. I mean, I, you know, but, uh, you know, I don't think they know that, you know. And it's yeah. Like, Jesus and so Christ, that was like, bro. that was incredibly annoying for me as like a person who coordinates volunteers and, you know, assists in actions to like get outside of like a senator's office um, because they wanted us to do all of these things. We had this huge campaign that was like hashtag save SCOTUS. Um, mm. We got new T-shirts for it. And, like, we were going to save the Supreme Court from Brett Kavanaugh or something. And it was like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because the Supreme Court has always been one of those vaunted institutions, never ideological, always worth saving and preserving exactly as it stands right now. Well, I'm Uh, sure once we get Joe Biden in there, he can definitely he's a real Supreme Court nominee expert that guy <laughs> I, we, I thought yeah, I we thought... were talking about Alyssa milano to not talk about yeah. joe biden oh i just keep bringing it back to good old joe y'all i'm not sure if it's uh if it's avoidable i mean he announced today and it does have some pretty big ramifications for what's going to happen from now through the end of history which i believe is the 2020 election <laughs> i just don't want to <laughs> yeah does it does it have to be this week i feel like Y'all, like, record a lot of shows. Yeah, there's plenty of times. <laughs> He's going to be around. Melly has had some really amazing takes on Twitter about things that people aren't considering about a Joe Biden candidacy. Yeah. Um, so I like didn't want to miss out on the opportunity. Okay, listen, he's absolute horseshit on abortion, and he always has been. Um, well, the Pope told him that he can't be for it, so it's a real, he's a real blind. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they've their favorite place burned down like last week or something. <laughs> We've their having a best house. But no, I mean, like, that's kind of one of the things that he does is he consistently will hide behind like, well, you know, this is a this is a very deep conversation for me. It's between me and God. So he like hides behind that like Catholic veneer so that he can pick and choose when he wants to actually support certain things about the abortion debate. He's voted to uphold Hyde four fucking times. Um, he literally right. has like his own um, anti-abortion amendment named after him. Mm. There's a Biden Yikes. amendment. What? <laughs> Wait, what is it? So this actually, it has to do with a couple of other things. Like, um, so the Mexico City policy, for example, which is basically that like um, any NGOs or USAID um, that goes to other countries can't Uh-oh. mention abortion. Right, the gag rule. Um, so this is kind of in the same vein as that, but it was it, it's the Biden amendment that says that fetal tissue can't go to scientific research uh, so like you know remember the whole like fetal sperm cell like freak out meltdown bullshit thing in like the early 2000s that had actually been going on for like the stem cell 20 years and in the late 80s he had already they did all that stuff to like oh we have to ban fetal stem cell research and stuff like that you know all it did was like oh i guess it's gonna take us like another five years to just be like well i guess we can just now take like any cell and turn it into a stem cell it just is really hard and expensive and takes a long time and wasted a bunch of time figuring it out but we got there anyway so you know great great victory there joe thanks thanks and that was in 83 so like saved some souls 
(laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's also he's also supported the Mexico City policy. He's been like outwardly pro-life. I don't think that he's mentioned it at all, really. Um, And I think that probably a lot of this next election cycle is going to stay very far away from abortion as a topic. Um, (sighs) It seems like it shouldn't. Yeah. I think Trump won't be able to resist bringing it up because he's a fucking (laughs) idiot. Well, I mean, like, maybe in a general election debate. But the the thing that I'm worried about happening, which I'm a little bit sure is going to happen, is, like, there are cases that are challenging the nature of Casey decisions. Like, Planned Parenthood v. Casey. That basically said, like, you can't restrict abortion too much. Take that to mean whatever it will. Yeah, too much apparently not being, like... You know, six weeks in before most women know they're pregnant to begin with. Well, we'll figure out if that's what Casey means in June. And if like. But it it seems like the Supreme Court is definitely ready to say, oh, you know what? States, whatever states want to do. If you want to ban abortion, like go nuts. Yeah, which would be the actual repeal of Roe. Yeah. So the way that that decisions based on Casey have been made up until this point have generally like there's the 2007 ruling uh, whole women's health basically used Casey to say, like, you can't keep using, like, specific groups of laws to estrange people from actual access to healthcare. No, that's a different one. Oh, no, I'm getting my stuff confused on a podcast. (laughs) Well, Um it's all right. I mean, because what we're talking about basically is, uh, like, does Casey stand for access in a very raw, meaningless sense? Or does it stand for some kind of reasonable access? So the ruling on Casey is really interesting because it was like, so Sandra Day O'Connor, basically every single Supreme Court appointment has had very heavily to do with how they will actually, like, determine Roe. Um, If they're challenged with it, you know, early on for Sandra Day O'Connor, a repeal of Roe got brought to the Supreme Court, and that was Planned Parenthood v. Casey. And basically, she didn't want to be the first woman on the Supreme Court to also take away that right and have that be like her eternal legacy. And so they came up with this weird like split decision um, that basically said like, states can basically impose some laws onto like abortion clinics specifically. Yeah, um, that there's a there's an essential state interest in the lives of the unborn that needs to be balanced against whatever was established in Roe, like the I privacy mean, right to that's an not, abortion. That's not necessarily the rule. The ruling is basically just that, like, you, it's the undue burden clause, right? But yeah, it's it's undue burden. And yeah. What so you ended so up Casey with established was, the undue burden, which is basically like you can't make every like abortion clinic have to be above a certain altitude or something insane like that, right? Um, but what it can do on a state level have have been creating what's called trap laws, um, targeted restriction against. This is where they try to trap yeah, the people right. and so that are coming in for abortions. That's why it's called a trap. They law. say like, oh, in order to be an abortion clinic, like you got to have hallways that are at least nine feet wide or something. And they're like, what? <laughs> but it is. Tra- I mean, effectively, it's trapping abortion clinics. Like there's the one in Louisiana that's going to be rolled on this summer. They had a preliminary ruling on it um, that basically like created an injunction against it um, that Brett Kavanaugh was extremely weird about. <laughs> um, and basically in Louisiana, they they passed this law. Uh, that was struck down in 2015 in Texas that says that every doctor that works at an abortion clinic needs to have admittance to a hospital nearby, which why? <laughs> like, that just yeah. doesn't, that it categorically doesn't actually make any sense. And so in Louisiana, where there are three abortion providers, um, two of them could get it, but the third one couldn't because he was in like a really remote, rural, like rural area. And the hospital there is a 
Christian hospital. So like he can't gain admittance to that hospital. They're just never going to give it to him. And so Jesus. that would mean that they couldn't provide at that clinic, which is in a remote area, I think in like Shreveport or something. Right. And they try to justify this by saying like, hey, it's all about the health and safety of the mother, you know, in that oh, incredibly dangerous procedure of abortion, which in most cases is non-surgical. Yes. Yeah. Like you get a pill in like a ton of the cases. And so they they didn't do a full ruling on it during that part of it. Brett Kavanaugh issued a dissent that was basically like, yeah, but why doesn't he just gain admittance to the hospital? I think that that's fine. That's a reasonable <laughs> oh thing to God. ask. This burden Jeez. is due. It's not undue. It's not. It's <laughs> just fine. Doing it. I think it's good, maybe. Why wouldn't it be good? And listen, it's the state and... Everybody should be prepared. <laughs> like, I mean, who could have seen Brett Kavanaugh making specious arguments coming? I tell you, I, I, I really feel duped by this guy. I thought he was a straight shooter. Right. He said he wasn't going to overturn Roe. What does that mean? What that's does that great, mean? That's a great question. That's a real law school thinker on that one, really. <laughs> well, while we're talking about, uh, I'd like to transition a little bit because I feel bad for, this is the second episode in a row we've had Melly on where we just drilled down into her brain for uh, (laughs) reproductive rights politics. But while we talk about the value of human life, uh, another thing kind of sprung up in the, uh, the political sphere, especially the primary debates right now, about whether or not felons should be able to vote. Takes? Duh. Duh. (laughs) What is this question? (laughs) This is clearly a play for Republicans to block all abortion havers from voting. I mean, because really, can you trust those abortion havers? Ever? Actually, no, I I could see them attempting oh, that. Oh, for sure. I mean, they do want to criminalize the thing, so. Yeah. I mean, they, they've been yeah, they pushing did. a no, thing they in. Yeah, absolutely. There's some, some uh, district in Texas that was uh, some some. Uh, oh, state legislature. Oh, it was the state legislature, yeah. Yeah, who, who introduced a thing that was like, anybody who ever gets an abortion or possibly even has a miscarriage because it's a very poorly written law, like, is right. just a felon oh. murder. Basically, like, that law gets introduced in several states every single year over and over again. The notable thing about it in Texas was that it was given a hearing this year. Right. It was given a committee hearing. They listened to the bill and then talked about it out loud like it was real. <laughs> what about, can we talk about post-birth abortions, please? Uh, I learned that this was a thing that Republicans talk about as though it's real. Yeah, there was a memo that went around like pretty recently where they all started saying post-birth mm-hmm. abortion. Like, <laughs> Which is literally it was, like their favorite thing for three yeah. weeks to talk literally, about. Literally uh, an article that Maddox wrote like back in 1995 or something. It was like, I'm, I'm anti-choice but pro-abortion. He was advocating for abortion up to 36 I, it was months. like 86 Maddox months or something is the yeah, yeah. political fucking actor there <laughs> i'm just saying this argument has been around for a long time but it was initially introduced as a joke like do you guys remember at the end of bill clinton's reign or <laughs> presidency whatever um where like they got really mad at him and they wanted to hit him really hard for not getting impeached and so they started talking about par- like partial birth uh-huh. abortion oh right? sure yeah and that was where you like a woman would give uh, like the baby's head would come out and they'd stick a drill in it and then she'd deliver the rest of the dead fetus. Mm, we've seen the posters. And yeah. that's a thing that 
categorically does not happen under any circumstance. Like, it's right. a thing that they just made up and everybody talked about it like it was I'm fucking I'm pretty real sure forever. it wasn't a Cronenberg movie that I saw, they, so I don't know about that. But aren't they talking <laughs> about, like, um, they're referring to, like, an actual, like, a procedure that is, like, medically necessary it's a procedure that can happen and can take place. Um, it was never really like widely taught or popularly taught. And it was never really used because it's unnecessary since the invention of the C-section, basically. Um, and there's always and, edge circumstances, right? Where it's like, you 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 know, the health of the mother is in safety and, you know, it's super late or whatever. You know, there's always, you know, crazy yeah. edge cases that can happen, you know, with any medical procedure, really. But... Yeah, the post-birth abortion thing is so ridiculous because they're essentially just being sad that it's like, oh, basically, like, you force a woman to give birth and then, like, her baby is so unhealthy that you just say, like, well, we're just going to let it die because it has such serious medical problems. But that's literally right, what... the thing that they have a problem with is palliative care. Right. Yeah. But that's what... There's a word for that's that. That's what it's Republicans want because they're, they're not letting you get an abortion early and so they're forcing this to occur and then they're saying, well, isn't it terrible that Democrats you know, want this to happen. It's like, no, you want it to happen. You're the ones that are making this shit happen. It's absolutely right, crazy. Right, but they, I, I don't know how much you guys have, like, delved into the extremely, like, disturbing and creepy world of, like, the miracle baby phenomenon on social media. Oh, the abortion survivors. Oh. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's, <laughs> yes. Like, um. That's, this is real. Just kicking those uterine doors down, coming through like the Kool-Aid man. Well, it's extremely, like, tragic cases of, like, babies born with encephalopathy and, like, like so they don't have, like, a skull and they only have, like, partial brain formation and they've been advised for, like, you know, part of their pregnancy, like, this is going to be really rough for you. You're going to end up having um, a bunch of complications afterwards, like, uh, and your kid's probably not going to live for a very long time. And so there's there's a certain subgroup of like Christianist, very creepy and like oh. I don't think it's okay type people who use their like severely disabled baby um to gain clout oh. on social media and to like go on Ellen DeGeneres and to write books about God's love and sell it and to post like really sad tragic videos of like their child suffering uh. to survive. <laughs> um there's one family in particular that was in Florida that I'm thinking of. They had a huge foundation that raised a whole bunch of money because um, they were working directly with a church. I think they ended up founding their own church briefly. Then at some point, they just went completely dark. And like to this day, like nobody's come out and said, like, our son has actually died. Like you guys were all part of this online cult to be really, really happy that this baby was surviving. They emotionally engaged people they hooked people in to try and create this like cultish happiness or a, or a grift cult. or something i mean you would call that a grift it was right? a huge grift yes we're we're at the end of this segment we can come back and talk about this more but we are going okay. to take a break right now just for the sake of our okay. listeners mental health because this is this is fucking yeah. grim sorry guys they, i mean they listen to the show they know how it gets out here come on All right. we'll come back and there's been a new form of lying about abortion that's been become very common on the right over the past couple of months. And uh, Donald Trump made a reference to these new theories about abortion. Uh, and here is a section of that. The baby is born. The mother meets with the doctor. They take care of the baby. They wrap the baby beautifully. 
And then the doctor and the mother determine whether or not they will execute the baby. I don't think so. Incredible. No, it's incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible, as in uh, not credible, as in can't be believed because it's utter nonsense. And yet, that is the president. Megan, we're not gonna let you off the off the hook that easy. You got to do your Michael Caine impression with the popsicle <laughs> in your mouth. I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> It's solid. You can't. I'm not hearing the popsicle. <laughs> it's, it's the only good impression that I do. Um, I I do an Irish the accent. Of him saying his own name, which he just constantly is doing. Oh, Michael No, I do. Um, you should do the uh, the the weird ass tangerine speech from the one of the bad Batman movies. Oh, the ruby as large as a tangerine. Right, right, right. <laughs> and he came out of the jungle playing with a ruby as large as a tangerine. But it's not with, it's with. With. With a ruby. With a ruby. The size Do you of remember a tangerine. In, in the third Batman movie where Michael Caine just spent the entire movie just being like, uh, this, I'm so disappointed in you. Like, what is, yeah, what are you everything doing? Everything you're doing is a terrible idea. <laughs> like, why, why is this movie going off the rails so bad? I don't even think this is as good as the last two movies. I, I'm out of here. <laughs> the only Literally Batman makes movie. his like, character beat. Uh, it, like, it, all I want you to do is just like disappear and never fuck with anything ever again. <laughs> Uh, and then maybe sometime when I'm on vacation, I'll see you like at a cafe or something. Beautiful. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> wow. Who who said the only Batman movie? And then I interrupted me. them. That was me, a woman. <laughs> was it the was it the <laughs> was it the 1967? Uh, no, Burt it was Adam the one with um, Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Yes, that's mm, Batman that's Returns. Yeah. A good one. Yeah. A lot of Christopher Walken. That's the Walken only one I, uh, I think I've seen. Oh, wait. No, I saw the 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 night one. The night returns. The night. In that movie, something. they hired Lando to play Harvey Dent, setting him up to be Two-Face in the next movie. And then they kicked him to the curb and hired Tommy Lee Jones, Brutal. who gave one of the worst performances <laughs> of all time. Well, that was because the first two, he was Batman in the first forever. one. Um, and like the one with um, Jack Nicholson as the Joker. And then. Wait, you guys are talking about Billy D. Williams? Yeah. 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 He, he played I Harvey Dent. I did not realize he was in those films. In the very first one yeah, only. He was Harvey Dent. He has run for mayor yeah. or whatever. Holy shit. Um. But yeah, then it hold on, um, it became a, uh, a a different director, and I think like, I mean, it stopped being Tim Burton after the second one. I can't remember who the director was though, um, and that was like way later. Oh, it's Schumacher. Oh yeah, Joel Schumacher, and he yeah, that was that was just sad. Good thing we're now at the end of culture with uh, you know Game of Thrones and the Avengers happening that we never have to endure. Um, you know, movies ever again. They're just going to give up after this. <laughs> all, yeah. I, I, all I have to say is that I've been really appreciating Danny, De- Danny DeVito's transformation into the Penguin on Always Sunny. That's basically... <laughs> yeah, it's his origin story. <laughs> I'm kind of worried. That makes that a lot of sense. Wasn't Danny DeVito married to, I think, Rhea Perlman for like the oh, longest shit. time? And then they got divorced like in the middle of the It's Always Sunny 
run. And I've always been worried that's like the reason they got divorced was because Danny DeVito was hanging out with all of his trashy friends in Philadelphia. No, he just he was method acting. He he just got too into Frank Reynolds. Right, yeah. yeah. That sounds Rhea Perlman definitely des- deserves better than Frank Reynolds. <laughs> but Danny DeVito, yeah, I think is actually I don't know, from what I've read, he seems like one of the handful of celebrities that I wouldn't like put against the wall. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, he's a he's a Bernie bro. Yeah, it's because of the hair. It's the same. <laughs> but I think he also like what if they made a, a that Bernie movie and exist? they got Danny DeVito to play Bernie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that would work. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Hell yeah. Who are the other celebrities that like I would allow to continue living? Nathan Fielder. <laughs> I thought you were going to say what other celebrities would we cast as? Uh, oh like no no no! I'm talking Democratic about like post revolution. Oh, post revolution. I guess I can't. I can't. I probably shouldn't talk on a podcast about like purges. <laughs> about your revolution. Oh, the imminent revolution. Let's say not. Let's say they don't get the guillotine or the wall, but they may need to go in for some re-education, some extra training. Yeah. You know. Uh, like who who avoids that treatment? I think that's a reasonable question. Sure, um, Nathan Fielder. Well, I Chris think Evans would be a great until just recently has been really cool. I don't think right? he's been really cool. He's just a shit lib. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been okay cool, but until recently, uh, recently he's been bad. Actually, <laughs> he's been. Why? What do you I, I love his new concept for a website. <laughs> Is it Verit? Isn't it too? basically just Verit? <laughs> it's Verit, but <laughs> both sides. Dow funding him. I, I had oh, like God, yeah. I had I I made that joke totally out of the thin air. I had no idea that was based in anything. I was being an asshole, and you're telling me that's actually <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he wants to. It's a website where you, if you're curious about any political issue, you can go there and you can get the the two things that can possibly exist on every <laughs> issue. Right. <laughs> Because oh, there are only yeah, ever no, two things. It's always bad. I think it might actually be good for Chris Evans as a guy because <laughs> he's going to realize that a lot of the a lot of the positions don't actually have two legitimate sides. Oh, it's really? The kind of the myth. You think that he's going to happen to I learn think, that there are more than two things? I think that that would be good for him if he did. <laughs> There's like 43 Avengers. I know he can count higher than two. There's a lot of dudes to keep track of out there. <laughs> yeah, but so listen, I mean, that's, that's very, like maybe very my handsome, best nomination, so. and he's bullshit. He's very handsome, though. You know, Danny DeVito adjacent, I do like that kid from uh, Matilda. What's her name? Like Maya oh, something? Um, Is it Maya Rudolph? Yes. No, no, that's the no. lady from SNL who's now in everything. Mira? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it no, Mira? Myra, Mira. God damn it. Mara Wilson. Mara Wilson. Mara Wilson. Yeah, she go. seems pretty cool. She's pretty cool, yeah. She's very online. That's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> also very Libby at times, but a, a little bit oh, more left leaning Libby than. Did you a guys lot of people see are. that star-studded Celebrity Earth Day video? No. no. From Little Dicky <laughs> and every celebrity on the planet. 
Was it no. was it all the same people who sang "We Wish You a Muller Christmas"? God, what was it? <laughs> no, no, it was like real. What it was, was like the Justin Bieber song? bullshit like that. Where all the celebrities <laughs> came together. Do you know what I'm talking about? What did they sing? Yes. What was the song? I'm not good at this. Wait, what was it? The, the, the Simpsons song where all the celebrities came together. It's like We Are the World or something. Yeah. I don't know. We Are the World happened in real life. Yeah, that was to like oh. raise awareness about, and literally it was just about children and being in Africa. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> they got like Cindy Lauper and Michael Jackson and a whole bunch of other mm. people together to, to sing that. Bruce Springsteen was in it. You're talking about sending our love down the well. Oh, yeah. Is... <laughs> what? That's what you're talking about, where Timmy children. fell in the well. <laughs> that was a good time, uh, for sure. I love celebrities, man. Um, Celebrity culture is so that, SNL that, has That'll be really the last time anybody ever tries to make a chicken. Simpsons reference on this show uh, in an audience who only kind of vaguely know the Simpsons. What? That is a that's like almost a monastic pursuit, knowing all of the Simpsons references. Yeah, you're gonna get yelled at I by mean... some men. <laughs> this is how dated it is. The lead celebrity on it was Sting, so that's Fuck how yeah, old this shit was. That was like classic Simpsons, though. This is, I'm not talking about like fucking Simpsons now, where they're apparently where Bart is apparently uh, an e-gamer, an e-professional e athlete. He does e-sports? Right, in like literal product placement from, from League of Legends, yeah. Yikes. Man, why can't uh, he just skateboard forever? <laughs> Skate or die, come on. <laughs> oh, the lady that does Bart Simpson's voice is like a crazy uh, Scientologist, oh, that's too. Good. Oh, good. That's nice. Love that. I think that's fine. All right, who else? Who, who, what other celebrities? We've named a number of celebrities who do get the wall, uh, obviously. Um, who, who does not? Nathan Fielder uh, does not. That was a good Nathan one. Nathan Fielder does not. I also okay. really like Britt Marling, but I recognize that as a contentious. Listen. Pick. <laughs> I recognize that. I think that she's obscure. Fine. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, is it a celebrity if I don't she's even know She's from the OA. Yeah, and she had another, yeah. she had like a couple of other movies. Like, the, there's this movie called The East. With oh. Britt Marling and the hot guy from True Blood and um, Ellen Page. Is that her name? Yeah. 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 And it's about eco-terrorists. I know they make out. So. Oh, that's kind of yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. I think the consensus is it's actually not cool. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's very liberal. Oh, no. Um, hmm. But. Never mind then. Um, yeah. Does Ellen Page count? I, I don't know what she's like politically, she's but cool. she's been in some cool political movies. Yeah, and she also, like, I mean, like, when she says stuff, she has, like, a, a specific message that she's trying to use her platform for. Um, and I think that's rad. Like, yeah, you know, so she's, she's just not very. Just spouting off and, on every single thing. Right. But, oh, did you guys see that Olivia Munn tweet slash. Oh, Jesus. Like, <laughs> no. Brendan just, oh, dear. Um, there's a website called Go Fug Yourself, which is just two, I don't know, bourgeois 30 <laughs> somethings um, who like look at celebrity fashion and then post about how they don't like it. And so <laughs> Olivia Munn wrote like a, a big long letter about how that's exactly the same as body shaming and how we all need to stop. <laughs> 
listening to the terrible, non-critical thinkers of Go Fug Yourself. Wait, consumer choices Canceled. like buying Shit. like which clothing you're buying is the same as it, it was so it's specifically it's like celebrities like you know they take pictures of or they um like you know outfits that celebrities wear to red carpets or like out and about and stuff like that and generally if you're like a celebrity like taylor swift or something like you're not paying for your clothes <laughs> like um, designers are coming to you and asking you to wear their things and they will give you them for right. free so that normal oh, people God. will buy them, which is why go, uh, go fug yourself is like, in my opinion, fine, if not just completely irrelevant. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. So I, I was thinking this was some sort of, uh, uh, some sort of like weird, uh, like bougie shaming sort of thing, like <laughs> regular people buying nice things for themselves. But oh. this, this sounds more like, uh, uh, like Howard Schultz saying that billionaires should be called people of means. Yes. Instead. Yeah. It, that's kind of like the effect that I got from it because like, like they're just making fun of celebrities and a large part of being a high profile celebrity is not paying for shit. So. Right. Like, I think it's kind of okay. Well, and also just being super fucking rich anyway. Yeah. So, you know, does it matter? <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so she she released a very sad email. Anyway, so she's not that Olivia Munn. Come on, get it together. Wait, who the hell was that? She just um, some jabroni. I don't know actually. Um, she was on like um, she was on oh. uh, G four, which used to be. Like, I think the she was on the newsroom. Was she one of the? She was on newsroom. The celebrity moms she was that's X-Men getting. Recently. Oh yeah. Oh, was she one of the celebrity moms that's getting arrested for? No uh, college scandal. <laughs> no, uh, no, she's a little bit younger than that set. <laughs> no, but she did play yet. on the newsroom. She played basically the like Kai Rizdal of the newsroom. She was like oh, the that's financial right. advisor person, right? Yeah, um, in a very you know a very believable role for her. For, yeah, for sure. Um. <laughs> she actually does know Japanese in real life, and that's a big part of her character in that show. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, one of her best scenes, actually, where she just starts yelling at a dude in Japanese. Well, she like, starts asking him what he's saying. American. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she, she was actually like one of those celebrities who was kind of um, in like a pre-Gamergate era. She was one of the first targets of <laughs> Is that a like- bunch of celebrities basically saying like, you don't even like games. You're just like a host on a TV show or whatever. And she was like, yeah, no, you... You figured it out. <laughs> is uh, is pre Gamergate similar to like pre nine eleven? Yes. Like when we talk about oh, very sure. Oh, yeah. definitely. It's a, it's a demarcation line. Absolutely. Yeah, we had uh, we had John Levitt on uh, a couple of months ago to talk about specifically that thing that about Gamergate um, in his mind or, or, or like his theory about uh, the way the new millennium developed. Um, is basically marked by two events, 9-11, which steered a lot of um, like public and media uh, like policy and practice. And then Gamergate in 2014 really? was the thing that kind of set the like ultimately set the tone for what the Internet looks like now, that there was a sea change right around the period of Gamergate. Interesting. Because that's when you saw the rise of. Uh, you know, like the guns, Muslim. organized, open white nationalism and yeah. like the, the start of the Donald subreddit and, and stuff like that. Like right. before there's, it was there's a lot of crossover there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and like anything else, it's like that's a big sliding uh, scale. Where it was 9/11 gonna, it was like I a, would, a I punctuated. Would, I would like to have a, 
a discussion with this fellow. Well, you're the, you're the expert, so. Well, I don't know if I, I'm not necessarily, not, I'm looking at adjacent <laughs> stuff. You, uh, you researched this stuff specifically, so. Adjacent. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking absolutely at, interested at, in what at your perspective Red is. Pill and men's rights and your forum, that not oh, yours, yeah. but, uh. So you clearly use uh, 1999's The Matrix as your delineation line. <laughs> well, I was thinking, I, was thinking I feel like, I don't know, I think 4chan and, like, I, it, there seems like a, a bunch of different, like, e-bombs world and sort of like the, the, just the fucking sewers. Something awful for so, us. Yeah, stuff. something awful. The sewers of the internet. I know? don't know, because, like, I mean, just from, just, like, I, I mean, I, I haven't studied this as, like, as much as you have, obviously, but, like, just from personal interactions, like, you know, my sister was on something awful, and, like... So was I, I, yeah. I, I know a bunch <laughs> of people who her. were on it, but then I also know people who were, like, in Gamergate, like, like mm-hmm. if you ever talk to, like, uh, the Guns Muslim, for example, like, he talks mm-hmm. about it like a, a, like a weary veteran. <laughs> like, yeah. like, he yeah, experienced no, something. Yeah, yeah, but like, which side was he on? He was in the, the good movement. <laughs> okay, so I mean, but that's that's oh, yeah. pretty much it's, everybody it's who's there. been on the internet since 2014. Yeah, like nobody escaped having to take a side on that. And if you took a side on it, then you were in the fight. Yeah, which is I guess I wasn't that's really. Different. That's hmm. di- like when it's an event more than rather that? like rather than a cultural space, right? 2014. I mean, is that one? Yeah, Megan, you Megan, you yeah, referenced. You reference men's lib, and I think Gamergate is the reason right. more than anything else that I started men's lib was because I was so tired of this completely unproductive, ridiculous discussion that was this like meta gender war going on. Like, God damn it, like we can talk about some of these issues without it being so awful. <gasps> can? And that well, and that's the 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 thing that everybody goes to is that everything turns into a dichotomy, right? Where it's either it's so black and white, and no one wants to you know dig into those gray areas, especially online or in a format like Twitter, where you can say like three sentences. Like you can't really get into the depth of the the subjective nature of truth, you know, in in two sentences. Very yeah. There can only be two things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there can only be two things. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to quote you on the... I'm feeling out overwhelmed here. All right, I agree. I, <laughs> all right. I, I'm, I'm coming around to... to that, it was just... It's a big claim, and I wanted to... I want to... I don't know how it sits yet. I don't know if I can just accept this. this. But it sounds... It's certainly plausible. Just that, that Gamergate and the alt-right are are inexorably linked. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, no, that's absolutely. Well, I think that's the thing. And also just that, like, not you can't point to it like 9-11 where there was a specific (laughs) event that happened. um, But there was kind of a sea change in the discourse right around that time. And Gamergate was kind of the thing that kicked it off. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think it's also tied into kind of the rise of the the change from like, oh, look, you have so much information that you can always find out what's true 
to the tipping point where it's like, you have so much information, you can never find out yeah. what's true. And because whatever you're looking for, you can go out and confirm that. And, you know, objective facts be damned, you know, just ignore anything that you find that doesn't agree with you already. And that's how all this like conspiracy theorizing, you know, type of stuff. And you get, you know, people saying, well, of course Obama's a Muslim. Like, how could he not be a Muslim? Like, what are you even talking about right. that he's not a Muslim? Like, that's just so clear. You know, it's clear as the day. Or like QAnon still going even after the Mueller report came out. And it turns out that Mueller wasn't working with Trump the whole well, time. Hillary is going to be arrested going. any day now. Like, that's yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that like these things are they're going to constantly like build upon themselves to create their own answers. Um like constantly, like I mean, there's to me, there's absolutely no difference between Russia Gate and QAnon, um, because you know now we're just waiting for Congress to release like the or they released the Mueller report, but now we want the not redacted one because in the redacted one is all the stuff where we can actually like arrest these people, and the reason right. that they're not doing that is because Russia actually has control over more Congress people than we originally thought, and it's like such a powerful backwards <laughs> working that like now they're even. Um, they they're hampering Nancy Pelosi from citizens arresting Donald Trump with her bare hands. Like, like to me, there's no difference between those the the way that those two things reacted to the Mueller report, and they were always going to react this way because this is what the Mueller report. Mm. This is the only information that it could have actually produced. Given man, Melly, I thought I was super online, but I I kneel to my queen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I live but in it's Wyoming. So amazing. Man. I- <laughs> <laughs> Trump himself is simultaneously on both sides of the Mueller report because he alternates between saying, you know, this report, you know, was done properly and totally exonerates me. And then flipping to say this whole thing, you know, was a setup from the beginning and it's all a massive hoax. And and the fact that he can say both of those things gives his supporters like, oh, you just pick your one, whichever one you want, and you just go with You can that, pick right? both, actually. For them, both things can be true at the same time, even mm-hmm. though they're directly contradictory to most people. And that's because, like, it doesn't matter. You don't need continuity. The things that are going to be, like, the most advantageous for your personal narrative are going to be the things that you latch on to. Yeah. Like, um, you know, a... regardless... Sorry. Uh, it... No, I was gonna nerd out, but we don't need that. Because... <laughs> It's too late. I'm nerding out. We're all nerding out. <laughs> I lost my right, well, Go. I'm so, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm like steeping myself in the like the nitty gritty of, of ideology. Um, <laughs> Megan's I, called it, everybody. We're going to take a break right there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we'll take a break and uh, we'll come back with. Um, yeah, this has all been pretty heavy discussion, but I think we can find a high note to pull from the last week. That's what we do. That's what you come here for. There's got to be something, right? There, there's got to be four things because there are four of us on <laughs> oh, the call. Oh, jeez, that's rough. All right, we'll <laughs> Wait, see. What are we, we all being tasked to find a high note? Is that yes? Of course. All right, uh, that's the device. That's the gimmick. It's the law. <laughs> um, we'll be back, everybody. Goodbye. My dear penguin, we stand on a great threshold. It's okay to be scared. Many of you won't be coming back. Thanks to Batman, the time has come to punish all God's children. First, second, third, and fourth born. Why be mine? 
male and female. Hell, the sexes are equal with their erogenous zones. Flow sky I think our last segment was already pretty high, but let's just keep this train rolling. Well, everyone's getting really high on the Liquid with Flannel podcast. No, I would never do that. That's illegal. No, I mean the listeners, Megan. Uh, Don't they're high on this on this quality content. (laughs) They're high on podcast goodness. Man, so I learned about this crazy app. And I'm not sure if I'm going to get it, but it sounds like it's pretty fun. And it's an app for blind people where they Skype you and you describe what they point their phone at to them because they can't see because they're blind. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And so you can sign up and you can just say like, hey, send me calls. You know, these are the hours that I'm available or whatever. And then people are like, oh, shit. I'm blind and I like dropped my earring on the floor. Yeah. And I can't find it. So I need someone to be like, oh, it's right over there, like in the corner. Or something like that. Or yeah. like, hey, my socks got mixed up. Like, do these socks match? Help that's me. amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool to tell. What's that called? It's called Be My Eyes and it's free. And you can sign up and maybe a blind person will randomly call you and, and need help. And people say that it's a blast and blind people are cool and you should hang out with them. <laughs> well, blind, blind people oh, are, I mean, probably are I mean, cool probably, at the same rate as everybody else. Yeah, I was going to say there are probably some <laughs> real gaping asshole blind people too. It's important. It's important to recognize that. Right. Hillary Clinton was a gaping asshole. She was a woman. Any, anybody want to so blind? I didn't even know. Oh, she's constantly wow, dying. Saying. That's amazing. <laughs> anybody want to take bets on how long it takes before this app is uh, a no. bunch of blind people describing porn? No. What? Oh, they said no, no porn. That's there's one of no, the rules. Oh, okay. no porn. All right. So they're already taking care of that. Maybe you know, there's a gap in the in the marketplace. There's a big opportunity yeah. for. This app, I think it might be called uh, Phone Sex. Uh, I'm not saying blind people shouldn't be allowed to uh, have porn described to them. I'm just saying, like, that kind of service probably would lend itself toward that That sort of service. That would be a weird hill to die on. Oh, did you? I'm not not interested in dying on the hill. I'm I'm arguing for exactly the opposite. (laughs) What's the problem with? No, I'm not going to go with this bit. I'm done with I'm it. I'm just saying it. A, a, an <laughs> app that's designed for like helping people around the house may not be exactly the right uh, you know, audience for people who want porn described to them. Um, I'm, I'm into, there could be uh, another yeah. app is what you're saying. That That's right. Like I, I like this app. gap in the market <laughs> argument. Absolutely. You could like, the free safe like, search on. The free market yeah, yeah, solves yeah. every problem. Just a safe search thing. Like a chat roulette, but for describing porn. (laughs) Do you think there's like a blind dating app? I bet there probably is, right? Yeah, there is. Probably. I assume. (laughs) How long do you think you could date a blind person before they realize you weren't blind? Like, how Uh, long uh, could I dupe a blind person? Like, zero uh, seconds, because it's horrible. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Is this like a... 
I Wait. reject the premise of I would, this I would, question. That's literally a subplot that of know, Arrested Development. I assume that I would know <laughs> that they would know that I was not blind before we even met in person. What? Yeah, that's. I remember in Arrested Development where the lawyer pretends Julia Louis Dreyfus pretends that she's oh, blind. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and she she was. I'm just asking the, questions. The worst I don't like this question. Wow, wow. You know who else is just asking questions, Brendan? <laughs> I do. Who is it? Like a bunch of fascists. I think. Uh, I, th- <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Nathan Fielder. Oh. He also asks questions. I think yeah. Maggie Weiser just changed her name and ran for vice president and became uh, Selena Meyer. That's true. Yeah. Mm. Oh, a little connection there. And then she used to hang out with Jerry Seinfeld. Right. Right. Yeah. Wait a minute. She changed her name several too times. Far. <laughs> the Julia Louis Dreyfus cinematic universe is expansive. She's always the same character. It's just different stages of her life. Come on. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Well, who's going to talk about Nathan Fielder? Let's me. Let's, let's He's mine. I get to talk about him. Well, like I guess your high note is just the too. guy Nathan Fielder. Yeah, that's Nathan it. Fielder exists. Okay. I think that's pretty good. It, it, yeah, it brings <laughs> brings me great joy. Yeah, it's not bad. Did he like do anything cool recently? Or no. <laughs> I well, was just thinking about him. Uh, his women for Nathan. Like, oh man, joke account. <sighs> that, I'm a little like, bit I'm making fun of Michael Cohen's that. women for Cohen account. Like oh Nathan Fielder started one that was called Women for Nathan. Oh, did Nathan start that? Yes. <laughs> it was. Oh, I should because that Michael account. Cohen ran his own Women for Cohen account. Oh my god! Yeah, you should you should DM him and ask if you can have. Um, it. You're probably not using it. Listen, I have a long and intricate plan that I have been working on to woo Nathan oh Fielder, god. and I feel okay. like do tell. He's gonna. I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> it would take too long to describe all of the threads connected on various pieces of paper on Megan's wall. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to win him over. I'm going to make him mine. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think this is an attainable yeah. goal. I mean, it's not it's not crazy. No, I, mean, I feel like if anyone's you know, going to appreciate famous, it. But he's not like it's, it's just a little you know, out of like, left field, but I think that's a fine high note. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We'll, we'll do whatever we can for you, Megan. Thank you. I may, I may need some. Uh, I may need some help. We'll just yeah, elevate your voice until he hears it. How's that? Yeah, you yeah, heard thank it. You. you heard it here first. Also, uh, Nathan Fielder, come and look at flannel. We'll talk to you. <laughs> we'll send you we've got connections now. He'll give you advice on your podcast. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, there's there's some delicate. I would to love it. to to hear what Nathan Fielder thought that liquid flannel could do differently. I think you should <sighs> listen to him. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you've never seen Nathan for you, Brendan? You don't know you don't know anything. I've about never him. seen it because I hear it's super. I know I know that it's like a show where it's like a semi parody of like self helpy kind of shows where he's like. I'm your life coach or whatever. Like, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to like do a crazy thing. And it goes like way too far. And then it, sometimes he gets into legal trouble. Yeah, But you don't have to watch the show. Just pull up the best clips on YouTube. 
like you do with any show like that. Um, yeah, he's he's amazing, amazing comedian. Um, that's the best way to consume any media, right? Is just to like watch a YouTube uh, mashup. Right, of it that's and why like, we're oh, just all on Twitter. Watch that fifteen minutes of best Game of Thrones scenes. Like I got it. Yep. Done. I have done. to say though, Boom. the very last episode of season four, like his last episode ever, is hands down the best television I've ever seen. Just yeah. so powerful, like actually beautiful. And, and and moving. That's when I knew I was in love. Hmm. Was when I watched that episode. And, and I, it, it was it was actually. And here's my actual pitch here: is that it has there's a scene in it that has the best like uh, modeling of therapy. It's not actually it's not therapy, but it ends up actually being very therapeutic in a way that I think. Um, it like demonstrates like psychological healing hmm. in just like the most intense and, and and really interesting way I've seen on television. So not just memeing through the whole thing, but actually providing some. Well, what do you mean you know, by something memeing? substantive? Because <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to talk about medics today. Um, <laughs> but yes, it's actually it's it's like. Uh, I think He's not just making a joke, is what I was saying. No, 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 no. This is this is uh, like it's life changing shit. It's great. Damn. So All finding right. Francis. That, is, that does sound like a high note. Melly, yes. you got anything to match that? No. I, Big shoes to fill. <laughs> like, no. I just I finished building my compost box today, and I got my Hell first yeah. layer of compost time. started. Oh, and thank God you brought that up because my high note was mostly related to my garden also. <laughs> yeah, and also I thought my rhubarb was dead, but it's not dead. Um, they're just Dude, like... you can't kill that shit. It's Audrey too. <laughs> it just... Uh, yeah, the I, I like started a bunch of things from seeds without understanding like Wyoming weather patterns at all. And um, I'm like overly confident because in Arizona, it's super easy to grow things in the wintertime. And so like... I started super early and they've been kind of struggling a little bit. Like my broccoli is not doing too hot. Um, but yeah, um, like all of it's inside it's just seedlings that I started inside. <laughs> when you were in, when you were in Arizona, you were at a fairly like low ele- elevation, I think. Right. I mean, I can't remember. I think Phoenix is like 4,500. Okay. But you're now you're living in the mountains and also a yes. good distance north. So yeah, yeah, you're, like, uh, your our hardiness zone is five colder. It's like the same right. as Montana. It sucks. Wild. Um, and also, like the wind is nuts. So like everything kind of has to be like substantially grown inside before you can introduce it outside. Otherwise, it's sure. just going to get blown over and die. <laughs> what yeah. do you have in the ground so far? Uh, I don't have anything in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like also planning doesn't really begin until May because our last frost is supposed to be the first week of May. Yeah, sure. Oh, so you're, you're doing like pre-planting. Yes, I've, I've started seeds inside. Wow. Um, and also getting my compost going, it's going to heat up so it won't freeze in during the frosts that are coming well, in the next couple of, weeks. It's a little bit like trying to garden in Omaha where I, the rule of thumb is you don't plant anything in the ground until after Mother's Day. Yeah, exactly. Same shit. Is that like not wearing white after Labor Day or Memorial Day? (laughs) Yeah, except this is life and death, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh-oh. <laughs> if you don't have that rhubarb, you're not going to make it through the winter. Okay? It's rhubarb point. three meals that's a, a good, day. That's a good distinction. Oh, God. Have you ever tried to actually eat rhubarb regularly? Yeah. Some acidic it bullshit. doesn't work. It's like a celery stock. Like, oh, God. No, but it's like like super citric acidy. It's, yeah. It's tough. You've got to do stuff to it. It's not right. <laughs> Mostly add just a shitload of sugar to it. Right. I thought I thought that it was Swiss chard once when I bought it at a farmer's market. And uh, that was not great. Yeah, I don't think you want to eat those leaves. I think it's... Isn't it poisonous? No, it was just the stalks. And I was like, oh, it's chard stalks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Chop it up into a salad and everybody... Like it, walks away from the table. There's yeah. There's just stuff in your teeth for weeks and a weird feeling in the back of your throat. Like man, it's no good. <laughs> um, but yeah, just farm wife stuff. I made a banana cake. I'm and just yeah. That's my. Ooh, it was beautiful. Melly, yeah. are you gonna like start a blog and be one of those like homestead bloggers? I kind of so like yeah. I I don't know. Oh, I've been yeah. talking to um like my friend Jeremy about this like we kind of want to start like a YouTube cooking channel for Hell like yeah. dirtbag idiots <laughs> yes please like that, <laughs> that makes great. sense oh yeah. man it is time yeah I almost want to I almost want to turn the camera around turn my camera back on and show you my big board uh, because I've got this thing that's uh, just just a little bit of a like brain genius thing um, you talking about the trebuchet what again? we need is a bunch of what the left needs to do is organize a bunch of like online courses around things like homesteading food food and gardening um would you call like, this mutual aid labor yes. and housing solidarity <laughs> absolutely like organize some some like good content creators who could do um you know, like like small courses on here's how you fucking pickle a thing or here's how you organize like a tenants union or whatever. Here's how you like put two pieces of wood together and make them stay there. Absolutely. I think that's very useful for a lot of people. Here's how you use a drill. Yep. Um, here's how you make a sandwich. <laughs> I mean, that's a big one. Like, I know some of these things even. Wow. I'm, I'm like, up there. I don't know. It's sometimes like. I don't want to be one of those people who's like weird or like <laughs> d- like self-righteously angry about something but like come on guys like learn how to cook a little bit. <laughs> right. I just want everybody cuz it's important and also like it's fun and it's it's funny because a lot of people say like well, you shouldn't put that in schools because like that's the parents job that they're supposed to do it. But like you've got people now like People don't realize that there are now kids who are, you know, five years old who they were born in 2013. You know what I mean? Jesus. Like, it's crazy. And so, like, you've got people who are like, well, my parents don't know how to cook because no one ever taught them. And they're like, well, no one ever taught me because my mom, you know, went to work because it was, you know, the 80s. And, like, we didn't have, like, we got a lot of takeout and stuff. So to, to just put it back on the parents instead of being like, yeah, you know what? Like, there needs to be more are you life skills and practical skills in schools. Are you suggesting that the nuclear family might not be... <gasps> the uh 
might not thing be that exists anymore. <laughs> I might be, yeah, that uh, might be a thing. Sorry, I won't. I won't get on my nuclear family soapbox right now. Well, no, Megan, yeah, I, but, you, you know, it's a also fun radiation soapbox. burn treatment. That's a good <laughs> skill to learn. It's, it's a fun soapbox and it's a fine soapbox. But I think the problem that Brendan's talking about is a little bit broader that like no matter what your family structure at this point, there probably isn't a whole lot of uh, like generational wisdom about basic life skills being passed down at this point with everybody working, you know, mom and dad are working a job or like. You know, mom's working two jobs and dad's working 14 hours a day at his job or whatever. So, so oh, right. it's not and you're like, doing the job so that you can afford Uber Eats and you don't have to bother, you know, cooking right. ever. You're right. The thing that Brendan was talking about was much broader than. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, like the, the idea that there's certain that there's certain aspects of education that have to take place within a side of a nuclear family because that's like the hub of all practical knowledge and all like specific belief knowledge in American society. Well, that's like, like the assumption that was that was made in like the 40s and 50s when a lot of these institutions were kind of formalized. It wasn't, yeah. And, you know, it, and the, the federal policy and stuff was mandated down. Like, hey, this is what, you know, you teach math and writing and stuff. And, you know, of course, mom's at home and she teaches the cooking. It's, you know, and dad's and teaching you how to change that. the oil and change the tires and stuff. <laughs> right. And they've never readdressed that, even though it's been, you know, 70 years They've just said, like, no, that's fine. That's how we're going to... What do you mean, do it differently? How dare you? Wait, why do you hate America? I I mean, but the nuclear family was, like... It was specifically encouraged. It wasn't just that, that like, this is how we've been doing it for so long, and and it started disintegrating. Like, it was socially engineered to be this hub. Right, like, right at the same time that we're talking about where, like, uh, you know, curriculum development becoming, like, a federal policy issue, um, like, at the same time, I mean, we're talking about New Deal shit, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, like, I mean, that's sort of when, like, the American objective became, like, create a nuclear family, get them inside of houses, give them one acre each, and then, like, that's what you get, (laughs) like, as long as you're white. Um, And that's, Mm -hmm. like, where, where, like, the nuclear family as, like, an ethical and, like, consumer consciousness unit sort of really started um so it's sort of like a a weird feedback loop Uh. yeah well and people people pretend that it's like the most you know like natural and um you know sensical thing where it's like well actually like mm, (laughs) sorry they kind of invented it like you know they they (laughs) invented it in my grandfather's life pretended (laughs) that it was Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and then then pretended that it had always been that way when that was not the case at all and speaking as someone who got a real fucking bum deal i just i'm just not into it yeah it sucks (laughs) it's no good (laughs) anyway oh that turned into a sour note Frankly, it's no, it's not, and and I think I can turn that around a little bit. All right, do it, uh, do we it. we had the benefit tonight of having two incredibly intelligent women talking about um, issues that not only are politically relevant right now, but in fact speak to um, some really deep interests that. I think not just our listeners, but anybody should be taken seriously right now. And that's my high note for the week. We uh, we got to 
we got to have Melly and Megan on. We right, broke so the glass is, ceiling, is, uh, you guys. Yeah, this is this is misandry because I feel like as as a man, I wasn't listened to. All Megan heard was we had two women on the show. No, when he said two smart women. He could have had two dumbass women on the show. But he chose us. All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go back through the episode, code all of this out, and figure out how much more the women talk than the men because I think that we were. I think that we're being really positive, m- empowering male feminists on this episode. You know, yeah, I think some edits can be made. I agree. I applaud you. I think it's the first time that. I've ever heard Melly laugh, and I'm so glad that we got that to happen too. <laughs> I, oh, I am you. so proud of you, Matt. Uh, no, yes, genuinely, me too. Though, you did thank such you. a great job. <laughs> Thank you so much, Megan, for being on the show. <laughs> Megan, go ahead and plug your, you know, where can people find out more about the work that you do? Oh. Uh, and by work, I mean posting. And by oh, do, I tweeting. mean crap yeah. out on I shit post a lot on Twitter. Yes. Um, and that's at memewitch, M-E-M-E-V-V-I-T-C-H. Double V. Double D. Mamevovich. Got it. Melly, the internet's mother. That's Where right. I don't know if I'm, I mean, I guess I am still the internet's mom. I have yeah. a thousand sons and more every day. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, at Epona West, E-P-O-N-A-W-E-S-T. What else do you want to plug while you're on? I know that you got something. I don't have fucking anything going on. Like at all. What's, I'm uh, just homesteading in the middle of Melly Cheyenne, good. Wyoming. What's Chris Evans? Send your cooking name suggestions. Yeah, yeah. If you guys have any cooking questions at all, if you like are like, I, I don't know what, like, how to boil water, you can ask me. Um, I'll walk you through that and hold your hand. <laughs> yeah. So the stove, it has numbers on it. <laughs> what do the numbers they're because they're just numbers so like what is you want to boil you want to boil degrees at medium heat yeah it like basically like you just you can the numbers don't mean anything (laughs) they mean just like more or less within like like how much the energy like it can actually output right sure so like there's not a universal temperature for high and also like it's going to be different on an electric coil versus like an induction surface (laughs) versus like See, and you wonder why people can't boil water. You just put it on there, and you just turn it to seven, and then you wait. (laughs) Seven. And then you have an existential crisis. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. Unless you're just, like, boiling it for coffee, it doesn't matter. Just turn it all the way up. It'll get there We're all going to keep our eyes out for Melly's incipient um, (laughs) cooking blog, homesteading blog. Totally into it. One day. I Brandon. hope that. Oh, oh, sorry, Megan. Nope. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say I hope that if you do have a cooking blog, that you make sure to write several pages worth of 
Oh, I'll tell like, you all about my about. son Zachary's like maybe <laughs> he has diabetes. We've only been to the doctor four times. Also, my grandfather died four years ago, but he really liked bananas. Anyway, I'm making this chocolate banana cake. But did you know that my husband recently got a new job? And like, uh, yeah, <laughs> just droning for paragraphs though, before right? you even hit the recipe. Oh my god. <laughs> You know why they do that? It's because you can't copyright a fucking recipe. Uh, so they've got to put in some, like, uh, value-added stuff in order to publish a recipe and still call it a website. Wait, I've talked about this recent... Oh, that's what it was. Um, yeah, my fiancé is actually... He does um, trademark law. Yeah. <laughs> And we just had a dinner conversation recipe, about this where lawyer. I was like really adamant that you can trademark a recipe because Julia Child's recipe for 12 minute uh, hard boiled eggs is Julia Child's recipe for 12 minute hard boiled eggs. <laughs> well, who turned out to be right though? Him. Okay. <laughs> because he's the trademark lawyer and I'm just some dipshit. <laughs> you got Julia Child's. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can find me on Twitter at Brenda Williams with one L talking about male feminism, the best form of feminism. Allies. <laughs> <laughs> so stay, stay tuned. And I'm Matthew Hodges. I'm on Twitter at Matt the Great with a W. You, of course, can follow the show on Twitter also at liquid underscore flannel. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever. You're listening to us already, so you know. Um, Melly, Megan, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Again, yeah. for coming on the show. It was a blast. That was fun. Yeah, we should do it again. This has sure. been a really fun little roundtable. <laughs> yeah. No, never again. <laughs> never again. All too, right. Too much estrogen for Brendan. <laughs> Have a good night, feminists. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>